Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. And I'm James. Hey, Jody, guess what I'm drinking tonight? Beer. I am. You want to guess what kind of beer? Good beer. It's good beer. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm drinking a beer that corresponds with our awesome topic of the day. It's cool. from 18th Street Brewery, up mm-hmm. north side of Indiana. It's called Deal with the Devil. And it's got, well, I, I'm assuming it's Baffle May, but it's at least this goat-headed dude sitting in a big old throne with all sorts of symbols, holding a magical staff. And he's even got kind of a, some sort of stigmata thing going on. And what does that have to do with our topic? I hear everybody shout. What's it have to do with our topic? Hey! Yeah, tell us. Woo! <laughs> Satanic imagery. Hooray. Yay. Because. I, by, by the way, I'm drinking a pumpkin head ale. Ooh, I was going to ask. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, from, from, from where? A shipyard. Oh, a pumpkin head ale. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, that's, that's I, you I said it. <laughs> yeah, you, you said it, and I'm thinking pumpkin beer. Oh, cool. Which? Oh, yeah, he said. Uh. <laughs> if I mean, you know, if you've listened to our favorite part one of our favorite beers episode, <laughs> I, I think that was in part one. <laughs> I, I think so too. <laughs> it's, uh, it's hilarious because we were talking about Halloween things <laughs> that <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> How long it's been? <laughs> so it's kind of appropriate that it's that it came out when it did. Because <laughs> we're heading into Halloween, Ooh, October season, country time stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I like Redberry Ray Bradbury's little thing. <laughs> Redberry, Redberry. <laughs> you know the author, the guy who who wrote Dandelion Root Beer. <laughs> Ray Bradbury's thing where he always calls it October country. Yeah. Anyway, satanic imagery has to do with my beer and Coven. Yes, the band. The first band, because there have actually been several bands that have come along. We're going to talk about the first one. Yeah, yeah, because this year is the 50th anniversary of their first album, Witchcraft Destroys Minds and Reaps Souls. Woohoo! Wait, (laughs) (laughs) that that would explain what we are like this for, things, (laughs) stuff. We can't find a soul. <laughs> That's okay. Just destroy his mind. That'll work. Yeah. <laughs> and, and of course, as Jody pointed out to me before we started recording, when I said it's the 50th anniversary, he goes, yeah, back in June. I'm not. <laughs> we, we know. <laughs> yeah. We, we just wanted to wait for October and Halloween time because it's evil and awesome. Yes. Now, now of course, they're not metal. We know this is the Mead Metal and Mayhem. Yeah. But th- this is part of the mayhem, so y'all can just fuck off, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were. Uh, I want to. I want to say it was a little more psychedelic. It definitely was not metal. This album came out in 1969, obviously 50th anniversary. So it predates Black Sabbath's first album by a few months, because Sabbath's first album came out in February of 1970. Um, definitely in a in a cult vibe to the lyrics oh yeah yeah so psychedelic rock is what i first think yeah when i hear this but i actually found some really other neat genre titles for, oh, okay, for the cool. album okay psychedelic rock is first yeah and, and counterculture folk rock on acid yeah my, my favorite is satanic folk rock <laughs> i yeah, well yeah 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 i i, I don't know folk, folk rock maybe that may be well you know folk rock which uh we actually do have an episode coming up on folk rock uh, sometime. <laughs> it may be a while, but we've got it ready. 
yeah, so folk rock is simply the, the, the cultural pathways of that certain thing. And this pathway just happens to be a more satanic left-hand path type of folk way. Okay. I don't know. I just liked how it sounded. I, I forget which of the many interviews I read that they said that, but I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I, folk would not be the first thing that I would associate with this. <laughs> I guess I could, I could kind of see it. The, the, the witch rock, the horror cabaret, the yeah. heavy underground music, hum. <laughs> yeah. Is the, the first album. And we'll do episodes on probably the second and third, and they even have a fourth and fifth, uh, you know, other albums. Yeah. But we're going to focus on the first one because it, it, it is the most Halloween-ish. They were, uh, they, they were also one of the first bands, especially doing kind of a heavier music, like the psychedelic kind of stuff that, you know, of course they're predated by Big Brother and Holding Company and Janis Joplin and Jefferson Airplane. Um, and I can never remember who the first female singer was for Jefferson Airplane. It was not, uh, crap. And I was just thinking of her name. Well, I, Grace I, Slick. Yeah. She's she, she Grace was, Slick a lot. Yeah, um, but uh, Jinx Dawson, the lead singer of Coven. Um, so they were they were one of the, kind of the first heavy actual rock bands, not pop bands, but rock bands to be fronted by a woman. Yeah, uh, she she talked in interviews, I think, with not really being taken seriously because she was a woman. Um, yeah, just kind of stuff that she she would come up with an idea and somebody somewhere would. Oh, she's just a woman. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She did know what she was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> she's, not, she's not done. I mean, I've read, you know, I read several things with her, and Jinx knows her stuff. <laughs> well, she's classically trained in both piano and opera. Like she can, she's an opera singer and had been since she was nine, ten, eleven years old was when she started both of those. So, yeah, yeah she she knew what she was. She'd been in bands. I know she talked about how she almost needed to look sort of she didn't use the word dirty but sort of that more dirty thing that Janis Joplin had going on yeah but she was too well Jinx is gorgeous quite yes. honestly and and looked it, really good in dress as well and yeah and that made everybody think she was a little pop star who didn't know what the hell was going on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> In fact, I think I saw a quote where they wanted her to be a blonde share. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, you know how Black Sabbath and Alice Cooper, the, the guys in those bands, especially Alice from the Alice Cooper band, um, they talk about how, you know, they, they came along and they, they didn't just kill the hippie movement. They drove a stake through <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> something like that. But Kevin was part of that. What they were doing on stage and with their music was the antithesis of flower power hippie love fest kind of stuff <laughs> there was a really neat thing she talks about when they were out because it was the end of the hippie era they'd be on stage and they'd have these back video things of yeah. these little kids flower power children running through fields of daisies yeah and, <laughs> and they're singing all this satanic stuff yeah, and then, and then she, because uh, I, I, I literally just read that before we, we, we got online to do this. She asked the guy at one show, she said, do you have, do you have any film of fire that you can project? And he was like, yes, yes, yes I do. <laughs> I finally get to use it. Yeah, 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 fire, fire, fire. <laughs> and, and it's funny, you know, reading about some of the stuff they did, and then some of the bands that I got into in the 80s, especially Wasp, 
some of the stuff that Wasp did on stage wasn't necessarily satanic, but it, it I don't know that Blackie Lawless got it from Coven because I don't I don't know how much of an influence they really had on these bands. But some of Wasp's stage show, going back and reading some of the stuff that Coven was doing, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, Jinx Dawson and Coven, they were doing that kind of stuff 15 years before Wasp came along. Yeah, they were doing and, a horror cabaret before Alice. Yeah, yeah, they were. Uh, you know, it's just like, wow, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so their stage show, if you're wondering, would consist of them coming out in coffins. Yeah. They would. And she, she still does that. Yeah. She still does it because she's put a version of the band back together and is touring right now. And she still does that at the beginning of the show. Yeah, and she still does the cross thing where one of the roadies will come out looking like Jesus and she'll whip him and he'll be up on a cross and to like he'll hang there. And then towards the end of the show, he'll come down and the cross will invert. And <laughs> I was going to say Wasp used to have like a uh, like a torture rack or a St. Andrew's cross and they'd have they'd have a naked woman chained to it. Yeah, but that's sexual. Yeah. Coven had Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Coven had Jesus turning the cross upside down <laughs> anyway <laughs> we have been talking about satanism but coven jinx and all of them aren't satanists no no it's for that was left hand path is different from satan yeah absolutely so i mean left hand path is, is not even really religious in the fact of any christianity and if you don't believe in the christian shit you don't think there's a satan so it's not satanism no yeah they're, they're not satanic they're not christian they're not wiccan in fact, they consider the LHP, it's a good path for humanity uh, because it's an old European practice to solve problems, ban and set morality, but it's for science and math and astrology, herbology, personal power. Yeah. And it's, it, Dawson was emphatic about not having a, re or is emphatic about not having yeah. a religious affiliation, not Wiccan, not Satanist, nothing. Yeah. But she's a ceremonial magician of the left-hand path. Her aunts were members of Golden Dawn. Uh, her great aunts. Great aunts. And uh, and a great grandfather. So I, I read this book, uh, The Devil and Philosophy. And uh, I, I know I told you about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's on my wish list still. Like, like the last five or six chapters were, uh, they're on uh, Church of Satan. And um, it's, it's, it's a collection of essays and dif different philosophical paths or whatever, you know, like Nietzscheism. And, but the last, like, six chapters or so are on Levian Satanism. So Church of Satan. It, it's, it was funny because it was these, these two guys, you know, one, one guy wrote an essay and then the next guy wrote an essay. And then it's a rebuttal from the guy who's currently in charge of the Church of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rebuttal from the first guy and then a rebuttal from the second guy to the guy from the Church of Satan. And then he finally gets the last word in the last chapter. It's like, it was like, what the hell, guys? <laughs> but, you know, that, that was, that's the whole thing. It's like you've got, you've got left-hand path, you've got Church of Satan, you've got the Satanic Temple. And none of them are theistic rel religions. They're all atheistic. Yeah, they're uh, more secular humanists than yeah. anything. Right. Yeah, the Luciferian are actually like my favorite out of out of all yeah. that. Now, Church of Satan does do like the rituals and stuff, but it's it's more a meditative kind of thing. So did, did you ever know that I owned the uh, Satanic Bible for a little bit? I did not. I did not know that. Well, it's because it was before we met. It was junior oh. high, and I bought it because, you know, I was still going to Catholic school at the time in junior <laughs> high. And I'm like, oh, well, I got to see what the other side's about. 
Oh yeah. And, and I'll be honest at 13, 12, 13, 14 years old, I got it. And I, I actually took it back to the bookstore that next weekend when we went back into town because it <laughs> freaked me out. But yeah. I do remember the reason why Anton LaVey, um, mm-hmm. and I actually have got a few notes on this, but I, I remember one of the first things he talks about was that he was, I think, an organist at like a, a circus or some sort of show. And he would, Saturday night, he would see all these guys coming out and drinking and whoring around and cheating on their wives. Yeah. And then the next morning, they're in church being yep. all, for which, of course, is true for, you know, well, hell, every religious person, Christian, Jewish, you know, oh, yeah. half you yeah, fuckers are horrible and half of us secular humanist pagan heathen atheist fuckers are horrible yeah but since you brought it up context Ooh, yeah good good thing i'm drinking this pumpkin ale oh deal with the devil that's really good it's the first time i've tried it it's quite awesome religions at the time so the time period we're talking about coven started in 67 mm-hmm. really started doing things in in 68 they they actually started to record this album at the end of 68 into the beginning of 69 because mm-hmm. it's released 69 uh, but Levian Satanism started Walpurgis Night, uh, which is night, which is April 30th in 66. Yeah. And uh, Gardnerian Wicca, uh, created by Gerald Gardner in Britain, started in 1954, um, but then came over here just a bit later. So uh, I'm not saying that Jinx got her stuff from either of these. Two. In fact, I don't think she did. I believe totally that uh, her great aunts and her great grandfather and, and her whole family. Yeah, because that's even a couple of those things like the Freemasonry of her family is listed in her father's obituary. Yeah, well, and she because she wound up putting some of this stuff in the lyrics on the first album. Her her great aunts disowned her. Yes, and you know what? I always see where she just talks about being disowned, but then I see yeah. where she talks about having money until her father's illness, which we can maybe talk about in the jinxing. Yeah. I think because she also mentioned sort of being the next big high priestess. Mm-hmm. I think that this inheritance wasn't money. Right. I think it was them saying, no, you weren't supposed to share this. So now you're not going to be leading. Right. I, I, I've not seen that, but when you put that those two things sense. together. Yeah. 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 Because disinheritance is the word she uses, not disown. And I do think that would make sense. I, I've never really seen anything that she was hurting for money after. <laughs> well, she did have to work, and yeah. uh, they did have to sell, and this may be more of a Jinx episode thing, but I know they sold a lot of their family houses, and even that last one, because the money she lost when she took the time to come back and take care of her dad for seven years or so was time yeah. that she couldn't make money, and they had to just, yeah. like, nobody was, and, and so that did hurt, mm-hmm. but yeah, back then, it didn't seem like it was quite yeah. a big deal. Now, they, they were, though, talking about the actual band, so they're, they're yeah. not Wiccan, they're not Satanists. They, they were, though, a coven. Yes. And, and we'll talk about a big part of that here in a little bit. But they actually, all of them, and in fact, Gene said, as of at least 2013 interview, that all but one of that initial group who recorded this yes. are still practicing. Yeah, I, I read that same interview. <laughs> <laughs> as I mentioned earlier. We... <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yeah, they actually have a coven of 13. Uh, the three, uh, Steve Ross, Oz Osborne, and her, the three main coven members who we haven't actually mentioned their names yet. <laughs> yeah, we, we, and we really should because their coven's bass player, as James just mentioned, was Oz Osborne, not Ozzy Osborne, but <laughs> his, his name was Oz Osborne. I don't, I, I don't remember what Oz was short for, but I, it was probably, well, it's probably like with Ozzy, it was a nickname based off of the last of name. Osborne. 
yeah. So they just called him Oz. Yeah, he, it was that was another parallel they had with Black Sabbath was. <laughs> but yeah. obviously, Coven Coven's not only American; they are from the Midwest. I think they recorded the album in Chicago. Jinx was from Indianapolis. Yes, yeah. Jinx went to North Central High School, I think. Well, that would make sense. But yeah, the, she's from Indianapolis, and she talks about going like sort of having different places in the Indiana and Illinois states where they they had houses. But yeah, yeah. she's from Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, their their drummer. Uh, is, uh, from Lagoda, Indiana. Oh wow, cool! And and I actually think that Oz was in the Him, Her, and Them band, which they were in before they formed Coven, which was based out of Indianapolis. So, okay. I mean, I think he must either be from Indianapolis or at least was here when he was younger. And uh, it's Greg Oz Osborne. Okay, okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember his real first name, but I knew Oz was his nickname, like it was with Ozzy. Yeah, because it's. John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his, his and he was junior actually. So J- juniors are the best. <clears throat> la, 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> now, according to Rick Durrett, who's one of their keyboardists, they they actually did Sex Magic too. And and I've, I I've never I've never seen Jinx say that or anything, but I and I don't know if the Coven of 13 did it or the band did it or this like I don't see anything about groupies. No. I don't think I did either in any of the stuff I read. Oh, do you want another context thing? Sure. And again, take a drink. Yeah, yeah, just drink now while I talk, and then I'll put the pint to my face. At this time, so Hammer Horror had started back in 35. It always had sex and violence, but in the 60s and 70s, the gore thing just really ramped up. And they even had The Devil Rides Out with Christopher Lee, a satanic film that came out in 1968. And of course, we had Night of the Living Dead released in 68, Rosemary's Mm -hmm. Baby in 68. Not saying any of these influenced Coven or Jinx, because again, I think it was her family. I think this is who she was and how she grew yeah. up. But at this time, it's one of those watershed moments, which mm-hmm. is a, another drink. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's just all this Wicca and Satanism and the horror stuff, and they just happen to be at the front of the wave. Yes, and I, to kind of to kind of put an emphasis on that's the way she was, the, uh, the band... Uh, when they signed with Mercury Records, who distributed the album, I don't know what prompted it. I don't know if the band had said they wanted to do it this way, or if somebody at Mercury Records thought it would be cute to to say they had done this. And then, you know, but they walk in to the office to sign the contract, and it had so- somehow it became that they were going to sign it in blood. The guys at Mercury were like, "Oh, ha ha, we'll have red ink pens." The band walks in. And, and this this is a story Jinx tells on the the CD edition of yeah the red witchcraft felt, red felt tip pens right yeah they were red felt tip pens and she she said they they walked in and they saw the pens and they each drew out their daggers cut themselves and had quill pens and <laughs> dipped the quill pens in the blood and signed their contracts <laughs> yep got blood all over the executive desk <laughs> which was funny. <laughs> Um, the crap out of all the yeah uh, suits of course uh, they didn't they, uh, mercury was the this big distributor but their actual record label was quite awesome because it was called dunwich records named after yes. the hp lovecraft story the dunwich horror yes of which Great story <laughs> of which yagas music was the publishing arm and yagas are a big part of the lovecraft mythos <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's awesome uh bill tau who who owned the, the Dunwich Records, uh, he met Jinx while she's singing some radio commercials that he recorded. He's like, hey, we got to record. <laughs> yeah. 
and he's actually listed as a, I'm going to mispronounce this, Ipsissimus, which is the highest level in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Mm-hmm. And he wrote one of the tracks that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. <laughs> yep. The, the whole fact that they signed with some company who's named after H.P. Lovecraft is just another little bit of <laughs> frosting on this awesome stuff. Yeah. Should we talk about that special track, or do you want to talk about the horns? Or Let's, let's build up to that track. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming most of our listeners, if, if not all of our listeners, the, the devil horns sign you know, that's popular in metal uh, and unfortunately is being kind of co-opted by, you know, some mainstream celebrities like the Kardashians and people like that. Douches. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's it's popularized by Ronnie James Dio when he joined Black Sabbath. But Dio was not the first person to do it. I, do we want to get into the history of the horns itself or just as it relates? Let's just talk about as it relates to rock. Cause I no, we'll just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well, I was going to, well, yeah, go ahead and I'll throw in stuff. Well, I was, um, all I was going to say was that Coven was actually the first band to do that on stage. And they, it is on, and I think it's Oz, Osborne, their bass player, uh, who was doing it on the album cover for, uh, for witchcraft, uh, destroys mind and reaps souls. But, um, it's also on the second album cover and I don't know which one of them it was that was doing it because all their faces were actually removed <laughs> on the second album cover. It was really, it's a really disturbing album cover actually, but. Well, and there are pictures of Jinx doing it in concert in 68, yes. even yes. well before that. And, and Jinx says she started it in 67. So 67, 68, either way. I, so what well, Dio was an elf in 67 and mm-hmm. I, did an exhaustive motherfucking search on that. There's no indication he ever used it there. He, from what I have understood, he didn't do it until Sabbath because he thought it would go along good with the imagery. And he wanted and, to and do he, something he, different than Ozzy. Yeah, because Ozzy would throw up peace signs, like Ozzy still does. But so, so Dio wanted to do something a little reminiscent but different. Yeah, and so. of course Ronnie saw them do this at Coven shows. At least Jinx said. He was there and even asked what it was because, you know, whether maybe it was similar to what his grandmother did. Yeah. And well, so maybe it, it he, is. It, it is. And, and maybe yeah. he asked, well, what is that? Is that the same thing? And maybe not. Or either way, yeah. he was around when they were playing like shows at the whiskey and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we won't, we'll get into the Malocchio something. Different. Yeah. That, that, that should be yeah. a Dio. <laughs> yeah, or Dracula. Ooh, yeah, yes, we could, yeah. Because it, it is mentioned in the actual novel, Dracula. Do you know who, uh, who else did not invent this motherfucking thing? Gene Simmons. That's motherfucking right, Gene. <laughs> he did not motherfucking create this motherfucking Gene sign. doesn't, that's the thing, though. Gene doesn't even do it. Gene does the sign language for I love you. I, I know. <laughs> he, he doesn't even do the devil horn. So for him to say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trademark the heavy metal horns, Gene, that's not even what you do. Okay? <laughs> now, I'm saying this as a Kiss fan. Stop. And he did. He, 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 he withdrew that application. So, you know, but, but it's, it's funny to poke fun at him because it was a stupid thing to do. To me, that was as stupid as Paris Hilton trying to trademark. That's hot. Really? You're going to trademark so people can't go around saying something's hot anymore? Fuck yeah. you. They're no. just stupid things to try to do. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's a way to make money. And get some uh, publicity. Yeah. Did you uh, find what the horns actually mean? According to Jinx? Um, according to Jinx, no. I've usually I just see what Dio had said about it and what I've seen in other places. Ah, because uh, because I want to find this, and that's why I did a huge. I've got like my reference is a page and a half long of like twenty, thirty 
reference okay. articles. Now, I, I say that I may have read this and just forgotten about it. So go ahead. I've seen I've seen her talk about it in three different times, mm -hmm. and the first one was a sign of recognition from one left-hand path practitioner to another. That would make sense. And because of that, uh, in another interview, she said it would be used as a secret greeting when people would come to their family mansion for entry. Okay. And then a direct quote is, "'Tis an old secret sign learned from my Masonic ancestors, which is a greeting to distinguish one as a legitimate member of the secret group. A hails, if you will." Makes sense. It does, and it does make sense. And I love the fact that she calls it an actual hails. And I do remember, I can't even remember if it was from the decline of Western civilization or just some other stupid satanic panic bullshit, but that stupid woman, whoever the fuck she is out there, doing the, it's it's three sixes when you put your hands up that there's this six and this six and this six. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. you need six. Too bad your husband only has three. Shut up. He can give it her twice. <laughs> and hit her in the head with a brick and make it hurt. Oh, I wasn't going to the brick thing, but yeah. It's... <laughs> Thank you, Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it actually means something, and it's not satanic. It's just a recognition of a subculture greeting each hey, other. You, which do you know what other subculture does it? Metal. Do you know what other subculture does it besides that? Well, I was, was going to just mention that. That's why I love the metalheads doing it because it is a yeah. hey brother. We're both yeah, metalheads, or hey, sister. It, yeah, we're yeah, family. It, it is. I've actually seen people kind of do that. With it. They, 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 do the, they form the horns, and then they do kind of like a fist bump where one of them will have to turn the, their hand so that you can actually interlock. <laughs> I, I've seen people do that. No, uh, uh, University of Texas fans, the Texas Longhorns. Oh, it's because of the Longhorns, though. Yeah, it's because of the Longhorns. Yeah, it's, yeah they, they call it hook'em horns. So, or hook, hook'em horns. What did I say? Hook'em horn, hook horns is what they they call it so. well it's better than hooker horns which Ew. is which is what happens when baphomet has sex with a uh, hooker yes now unfortunately the other group that does it is the street gang ms-13 but they actually got it because the guys who formed ms-13s were metalheads well so I they stole we, it from metalheads but you i know. say we move on before i say something to piss off <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, what about the album, James? Well, real quick. <laughs> or, or do uh, we still want to talk about the cover a little bit? One, one thing about the horns. Yeah. And that is that people were trying to say John Lennon did it on the Yellow Submarine cover. And it's bullshit because John Lennon has been shown to do the peace and love and, you know, like the love sign that Gene Simmons does yeah. constantly. And it's a fucking artist there, you fucking cocks. There is absolutely <laughs> no other instance where he's doing that fuck off well even if he did what year did yellow submarine come out uh, that's a good question i want to say it was just before yeah it it was close it wasn't i'm actually it was pulling it up yellow submarine song uh, 66 yeah it was a little earlier but but yeah sorry, it's, not. it's not it's not it's not it's not it was jinx yes fuck off now i'll give dio credit because it's not the horns it's something different and I don't think he ever tried to take credit, or if no, because well, because he because he got it from his grandmother. Got it from his grandmother. So and, yeah, he 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 took credit for making it popular in heavy metal, but I don't think he he didn't try to take credit for being the first one to do it. Nope, not at all. And yeah. maybe he got the stage presence of it from Jinx, and he still popularized it. I mean, yeah, uh, sadly, which we'll maybe talk about by the end of the episode. 
Coven wasn't as popular as people like us would like him to be. True, yeah. Huh, but anyway, I heard you say earlier, the album. Woo! Yes. Oh, did you want to? Did you want to talk a little bit more about the how the the album cover opened up into a gatefold? Uh, yeah, we'll start there. That sounds perfect okay. because okay because it's so on. So yes, the the, the cover is very satanic imagery. Mm-hmm. The inside, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a gatefold, so it opens up like a book, and it's the guys dressed up in robes and candles and Jinx laying naked on an altar. Actually. I don't think that's her. Jinx says it is. Does she? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I found, I found I was... she actually, yeah, she said that is me. Okay. Think, well, I see, I always thought it was, but I thought I had read somewhere that she said it wasn't her, but, or someone had said it wasn't her. I've seen a couple articles where they say it's not her, but okay. I've seen an article or two where well, she it, the thing, that is. The thing was, it wouldn't have surprised me that it was her. So, I, you know, but yeah, yeah, she's laying out there on the sacrificial altar. Yep, she says. Uh, regardless of what anyone says, that is me. <laughs> with a with a skull over her pubic area. <laughs> right. So it's still, it's still classy, tasteful, non pornographic. Well, I mean, it's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> for uh, yeah, for that subject matter, I guess. For for a given level of class and taste. <laughs> sure. Well, well. <laughs> nice, nice reference. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I need a drink. I got a little sympathy for you. <laughs> I almost spit my beer. Fucker. Oh fuck! That almost spilled <laughs> from my PC. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, and, and this album between the front and the centerfold, the centerfold, <laughs> the yeah. gatefold. No, tomato, tomato. Uh, <laughs> First use of the horns being thrown, inverted cross. Hell say, I mean, it was the first satanic imaged album. Yeah. But where do you want to go from there? Like, actually talk about who was in it and played and when it was. Yeah, let's, because we, we've, we've talked about Jinx and we've talked about Oz. And, <laughs> and yeah. I know you mentioned the other guys, but um, let's. Yeah, so the, so the main three were Jinx and, and she was only 17 when they started recording this. Yeah, uh, her birthday's in January, so she might have turned 18 before it was done. But yeah, 17 when it started, and and Greg Oz Osborne on bass and Steve Ross on drums, who are the the main three, the unholy trinity, as she likes to call them. Yeah, but then there's uh, Jim Dunlinger on guitars. He wasn't really. He was brought in on guitar, so I don't think he was really part of the whole thing that they were part of. He yeah, uh, he because was brought he, in. Because from what she said, he left before the album was actually released. And that's why his picture, his face is not on the front cover, because he asked them not to put his face on the cover. Yeah, he was the one person out of all these who really got freaked out and creeped out by this. Yeah. He didn't realize, because he's given, uh, yeah, he's hired kind of as a a songwriter and guitarist, kind of a hired gun, Mm -hmm. uh, just to to come in and write some songs. And he actually wrote a bit over half the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but th- then, yeah, he thought, well, this is just a thing. And then as he's with them, he realizes, holy shit, this is not a thing. This is what they believe and do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he even he didn't even use his real name. His name's James Vincent. Okay. So, yeah, and uh, he, he ended up leaving and joining a band called Lovecraft. So still kind of, <laughs> still kind of, still kind of creepy there. But, but uh, he's a uh, he's a born again Christian now. So okay. I, I don't. When Jinx talks about all of them are practicing but one. That's him. Name him. I'm assuming it's him. Yeah, that's that would be my guess. Three keyboardists. 
okay. Yeah, Jim Nyholt, uh, John Hobbs, and, and Rick Durrett. And, and Rick Durrett's the one who I've actually read interviews with. Okay. So this is awesome. He met them while he's in Indianapolis playing with a psychedelic band called the Cardboard Box. But box is spelled like, you know, Bach. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. He's brought in by Bill Tau, who also brought in Jim Dunlinger, James Vincent to do yeah. stuff. But yeah, he said, like, he wasn't one of the initial three. Says, I wasn't with Coven at the beginning, but they were interested in the occult. They were against any religion of, uh, against any, I can say this, Coven was really against religion of any kind. <laughs> there you go. Son of a goodly. <laughs> yeah, and he's, uh, he's one who I mentioned earlier talking about the sex magic, where he said they okay. sex magic, so. I, again, that wouldn't surprise me. Oh, and you said it was recorded in Chicago. I honestly don't. I know it was recorded at Illinois Universal Studios, not Universal Studios we know now, but Illinois Universal Studios, except for a specific song. Yes. Um, but I don't know where that's at. I didn't look it up. So I'm assuming you're right that it's Chicago. Well, she, she said Chicago. She said Universal. And if I remember right, Universal bought Chess Records. So she would have been at the Chess Studios because she said oh. it was where Muddy Waters and Helen Wolf recorded. Oh, kick ass. So it would have been Chess Studios I, because it, this, is, this is something that bothers me. I, I like the album. I like the songs. Um, I think they're well-written. The band's tight. She's got an amazing voice. Um, oh, her voice, yeah. I, I am not thrilled with the production because I don't like the way the album sounds. Part of that is because of something she said in that same interview, I think, where um, she she complained about the engineers would not let them get into the red on the on the meter, and that's the same problem the Yardbirds used to have too. That's that's what they always complained about, and that's why when the Yardbirds did their first tour of the states and they went to Memphis and they went to Sun Records and they got to record at Sun Records, the guys at Sun were like, "Yeah, let's crank it up," you know, <laughs> and. She apparently, and, and this this is one of those instances where we were talking about, I don't remember if this was, I think this was after we actually started the episode, where, you know, the, the guys were like, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She did know what she was talking about. She was telling them that they weren't doing it right <laughs> and that they needed to be able to go into the red and that they weren't letting them do it. And it does affect the sound. Yeah, she, uh, she had mentioned somewhere that this was at a time where because really hard rock and heavy rock were coming up yeah that the engineers really didn't know how to record it and a lot of them were afraid to do that yeah so this this kind of harkens back to the whole distortion episode and jimmy mm -hmm. page zeppelin things where he learns how to do things it, oh. it took people a little bit of time and sadly yeah. it kind of screwed coven over a bit and and you know also going back to the the, the deep purple episodes and again I, I was thinking it was deep purple and rock but it may have been fireball where they recorded and, and i'm pretty sure it's in rock they recorded that entire album because they were the ones engineering it with, with Martin Birch. They recorded that entire album almost entirely in the red. In the red. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it needed. That could help. Yeah. yeah. Now uh, she, she, cause I, I do remember she said that they were, when they played live, they were loud. <laughs> yeah. Of course uh, the sound to me, if for anybody who wants to listen, if you haven't listened to it, mm -hmm. if you like Jefferson airplane with Grace Slick, yeah. Uh, if you if you like the Doors, uh, some of the songs have a very Doors feel yeah. to it. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, especially with the keyboards and everything, I, I, I think. But yeah, uh, Jinx's voice is phenomenal with her operatic 
yeah. range and training. And I wonder what she could have done if they would have let her do what she wanted to do. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, I, I think she wanted it to be a rock opera because of her opera training, and they wouldn't let her. Yeah. Oh, it would have been fantastic. Yeah. I love the Who, but well, Tommy can go fuck himself if she would have gotten her way on this. <laughs> I, I also like where she um, – so these are from current interviews, not from back then, but she talks about how this was supposed to be a scholarly work. Yeah. Because – that she was putting what she knew about the occult into this album, mm-hmm. keeping in mind that they only wrote not even quite half the songs. But still, uh, did yeah. you did you read where all the songs written by the band, notably Jinx herself, that like not the half that were written by Dunlinger, but the others, they're written during a ritual and manifestation that was performed after she decided to name the band Coven in 1966. Yes, I did see that. I, love, I mean, fuck, this must stand path, coven, people <laughs> doing some fucking ritual and things are manifesting and they fucking write five, six songs. <laughs> and I don't, um, I don't have the who wrote what songs, but it's funny you just said fuck, um, because the fourth track on the album is for unlawful, unlawful carnal knowledge. Oh. So, yeah, <laughs> like that 20, an acronym. <laughs> yeah, 20, 20 some years before Van Halen releases an album by that title. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite song on there may be White Witch of Rose Hall, which is a Dunlinger. I I was just gonna say that was the one I was listening to on the way home that was making me think of the second album. Yeah, but yeah, that was written by uh, James Vincent, Jim Dunlinger. Okay. So it's not even the band, but, but maybe my favorite. But other than that, Wicked Woman. Wicked Woman's a good it's one. Definitely up there. And that is the band. That's Dawson Ross, Wilkerson, and Osborne. Yeah. Yeah, Dunlinger wrote uh, six of these ten. And then, and then the band, uh, you know, they, they wrote three of them. Yeah. And they're three good ones. I really like all of them. Uh, they are. Yeah, they are. But that's only nine songs. That That is. And yet there are <laughs> ten songs on the album. <laughs> what is this tenth song? I'm going to let you talk about this one for a while. Uh, I've got something to... <laughs> All right. Well, this is going to be a wonderful surprise for Seamus. <laughs> I mean, I'll chime in, but I've got after after we talk about it, I've got I got something to say about it. So cool. This tenth song, this thirteen minute nineteen second song, written by Tout, is the first recorded full black mass. Yeah. Not just a, a black mat. No. A black mat. It was recorded with her actual coven of thirteen. Yes. Fully sketched out based on different things, you know, some Levee and stuff, some various. But first, fully thirteen minute black mat. It's not a song. It's a oh. fucking black mass. <laughs> uh, I think. Well, they they titled it Satanic Mass. I think, but yeah. They, they titled it Satanic Mass. But that's what it is. It's a black mass. But, but it's a yeah. black mass, and it they you hear them saying calling out devils and demons names yeah and you, you now, keep 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 in mind again this is all from an atheistic point of view so it's, it's not really a, a theistic thing right they're not trying to get satan himself to appear or any of these right. demons. it's it's more of a rebellion against the church and churches yeah. catholicism yeah. Protestant, and, and, Jewish, and, and all of them and i guess i should clarify that not all, not all atheists are like this either <laughs> That is, most atheists are not like this. Just, just don't want any type of shit like this. In fact, yeah, they don't want any religion whatsoever. So. Not even, not even rebellious, fake, no. whatever. And when I say fake, not this isn't fake because this is actually a ritual 
a left the hand path type of thing, but it's not yeah. a like Jody said. It's not uh, a theistic, theistic thing. They're not actually worshiping. There, it's it's because sometimes the ritual can can like I you know like I said it can have that kind of meditative thing. Yeah, this one not so much. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, I, I sent a text to Jody the other day. I was out in the yard doing some work, picking up some limbs. I was going to have a little bonfire because I had so many sticks I needed to burn some. And I, I put my Spotify on random because uh -huh. you know, I've, I've listed certain songs I love. Yep, Satanic Mass. First one that pops up on a Sunday morning. <laughs> that was funny. It was, and we've been talking about doing this. And I what? That's very apropos. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign. It's a sign. <laughs> No, no, it's not. No, but, but it's, it's anybody. A, it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome coincidence. Anybody ignorant of the law of large numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the song, the Satanic Mass, it actually had been altered a bit by producers. Yeah. So it, it couldn't be used as an actual black mass. Ooh. Right. Uh, fortunately, though, <laughs> 37 years later, Jinx restored everything to how it should be and put it out on her Goth Queen album. <laughs> oh, did she do that? Because I thought she did that on the. Uh, well, I guess not. Well, there, okay. there's overlap between the Goth Queen and uh, the Coven's. Um, yeah. Which more recent album? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. First, I guess did did you have anything more that you were going to say about this track? I'm afraid to get too deep into it because. Okay, because we were going to do the thing later on. Well, yeah, or, and okay. also. Quite honestly, I feel if I start, I should finish it, or something will be left undone. And I'm okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. No, I'm no, no, that's fine. That's fine. That, yeah, that. Uh... That's fine. Um, I know that, that. Okay, so the record, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit here, but I'm going I'm to go ahead and say this right now: the record was pulled from distribution at one point, so you could not buy a, a new copy of it. It was out of print, so you either had to buy it used, or you had to buy a bootleg copy. And Jinx got tired of that. And several years ago, I'm not sure exactly when, she has, she's released it on CD. And you can buy it on online through her eBay shop. I was thinking that she had corrected it, had corrected the Satanic Mass on the, D, on the, on the CD. But I, I'm not sure because I'm not entirely sure that she didn't just digitally record a really high quality copy of the vinyl and release it on CD. It sounds really good, but I'm not entirely sure that this is a properly mastered CD. So do you want my thing on, on the Satanic Mass? Absolutely. Okay, so you said Bill Tout led this thing, right? So that's his voice that we're hearing? That's what I've read, yeah. First time I listened to this, and, I, and you know, like, like we've said, I, I know they were being all serious with this. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this to make fun of it, but the first time I listened, what I heard was the Blue Falcon. <laughs> the cartoon? Yes. I heard, I, what I heard in my head was announcer, radio DJ, um, I, I should say TV announcer, radio DJ, and cartoon voice actor Gary Owens. <laughs> But he, yeah, he did, he did Space Ghost. He did Blue Falcon. He was the announcer on Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. And, and I'm not, I, I am not trying to be disrespectful to them because I know this is their thing and they take it seriously. But that was just what I heard. So apologies to Jinx and, and, and all those guys. That was, that was my reaction. 
do you know uh do you know bill uh, also produced uh, a few of the sticks earlier albums did he yeah yeah a couple yeah. of sticks and and hp lovecraft the lovecraft band that uh jim dunlinger james vincent joined but yeah he oh, okay he quite a okay. bit yeah i and, um that would have been the wooden nickel stuff then that he did yeah yeah wooden nickel was yep do you want to talk about why it got pulled Yes, yes, let's, because it got pulled, uh, it, was, it came out in June of 1969 and got pulled in October? Uh, no, actually. Or was it a little later? It was much later. Uh, so. Oh, no, no, yeah, it was the next spring. Yeah, 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 released June 69, but there's a picture of Charlie Manson holding it outside Tower Records in L.A., Yeah. Uh, and the Manson murders were August 69, Yeah. Uh, about a the, month, uh, the month after the album's release. Yeah, but then Esquire magazine's article "Evil Lurks in California" came out in March 1970, and they pointed this out. Yeah, and that's when labels and stores stopped selling it. But stores stopped selling it, and the label stopped. Label, uh, yeah, Mer uh, Mercury out. pulled it. Yeah, I guess though, for a while it was even iffy because Jinx said that Brave store owners would sell it under the counter in brown paper covers. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can find it on the collector's market. I I haven't priced it because I was just like, you know what? I just want to hear the album. So yeah, I, I got yeah. the CD off the eBay store, but um, I, I got a friend that's actually a vinyl collector and he, he would love to add it to his collection. But he's like, every time I see it come up for sale, he's like, there is no way I can afford it. Well, anyway. Hey, I uh, found that quote. Sweet. No, wait. No, no, Coven. Coven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About the female thing. Yeah, oh, it's okay. from an NPR article, so it may be a different one than you even thought. Oh, yeah, yeah, because um, it sounds like you found more articles than I did. Yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll talk more. Well, uh, you know what? It's NPR. NPR actually did an article on Coven, so fuck it. I'm going to mention it. Wow, With all the bravado. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good. Uh, the NPR writer says, With all the bravado, hyper-masculinity, and aggression that became associated with heavy and occult music, is it any wonder that even those in the know would sidestep the fact that a young woman from the Midwest spawned many of the genre's most enduring sources of inspiration, imagery, and sexual energy. That sounds familiar, though. <laughs> now, you may have read it. And, and Jinx's quote in that article is, being female in a male-dominated arena was closer to career suicide, not for female pop singers or folk singers of the lighter fare. And that's where she talks, if she would have been more folky and light, woo, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, but now she says in 2019, much of the heavier music now is about exploring the darker side, magic and the occult, is no longer a boys club. When we do another episode on them, we both have several bands, I think, that are female fronted or all female that will definitely oh, yeah. showcase that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it's, it's funny because um, a, a lot of the newer bands that I've been getting into lately have, are, are either female fronted or are all female. You know what? It's uh, it's it's Halloween. I'm gonna mention one, and I'll go okay. into detail. But you should check out Burning Witches. They're uh, relatively new. I think they only have two albums out. Um, well, I was gonna say Lucifer. I, uh, I have listened yeah. to some Burning Witches, but yeah, Lucifer. I picked up their albums. Uh, they are good. I, well, I mean, there's like Lacuna Coil. There's Oceans of Slumber. Yeah. But now we're going off target. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could definitely talk about those. Yeah, or, or we can wait and do another episode. We'll do another episode on that. I actually, that's what I was wanting to do down the road. But yeah, sweet. No, I mean, oh, Kevin, sorry, Kevin. <laughs> sorry, Brian Connolly. <laughs> uh, and I, you know what? The funny thing is, when it all went bad and they did that album and everything, her great great aunts had 
disinherited her. They told her up front that they're going to have, that she's going to have problems with this. And this is not, no good's going to come of this. And well, <laughs> yeah, they were, they were kind of right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. I found an, I found a neat quote though about the concert and shows. Okay. When she talked about the first tours, because uh-huh. we were talking about how this is new watershed yeah. moment, cultural yeah. thing. And how even Alice Cooper wasn't doing it yet. Mm-hmm. That was the whole point. The shock value. Nobody yeah. was doing it. There'd be no applause. We'd think we'd better get the hell out of here. They're going to kill us. But then the audience would burst into applause once they got it. Yep. I got a, I got a quote from uh, this book. You, you should you read that. I, I will. Um, th- all right. This is from, uh, I, I mentioned this earlier, Wicked, Wim- or Wicked Woman. <laughs> this is taken from the name of the, one of their songs. Um, <laughs> Women in Metal from the 1960s to now. Or maybe I mentioned it before we actually started recording anyway. You, you um, did, but that's okay. Okay. You said it now. Uh, it's, uh, it, was, it was written by uh, Addison Heron Wheeler, and uh, she's got this paragraph in here. For a brief period after the album's release, Coven was gaining in sales, popularity, and notoriety. When they performed, they drew not only avid fans, but protesters, hecklers, and usually a police presence. In Detroit, Jinx and the others were arrested. She's got a quote from Jinx. They made us run through our whole stage show in the afternoon before the concert. She told Baron Saturday on his WNYU radio show, Plastic Tales from the Marshmallow Dimension. And nice name. She goes, <laughs> yeah. Um, they started pulling things off the stage. They took down the ritual table and the candles. And finally, they said, I couldn't speak any English to the audience. I don't understand what that was about, but okay. Later in the concert, things got worse. We went into the fourth song, and I just said, Happy All Hallows Eve, Detroit. And we were pulled off the stage and detained at the Detroit police station. That's thank you. I kept seeing these hints about why they were not allowed to ever play in Detroit again. I couldn't (laughs) find out. All I could find is I saw the thing where they had to do it in front of the mayor and he said they can't speak English. And she's like, that's cool. I'll just do it in Latin. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. So she must have like, they must have been able to sing their songs, but the banter, Uh which is fine because she did the black mass parts in Latin. And then, when she finally says something in English, that's how to thank you. Damn it. That was the one thing I couldn't find. <laughs> I guess I need to look. Well, WNYU's public radio, I think. So uh, they, this should, I'm going to imagine this is probably somewhere online. Could be, but good luck because there have been, I've found so many dead ends where they're like, and we heard this here, but some of those places don't keep all the recordings or put them online or, yeah, you know, so kind of, kind of sucks. There's a really neat one out of Franklin university uh here in indiana that looked like it was awesome but you can't find it anymore all the links are dead and i did all sorts of searches and nothing that sucks it does yeah i I looked for a couple people there too and none of the names match up anymore i'm assuming you know whoever took over didn't want it up there that sucks of course you're going to be afraid of somebody who spells both a cult or i'm sorry cult both magic and music with a k (laughs) that scares people (laughs) I know that cracks me up. <laughs> I, and the thing was, I had read, I had read some of the interviews, and I'd seen the K on music, and I wasn't even thinking about it. And then I read one the other day, and I was like, I, uh, "Wait, she put the, I, I know, I know where she got that from, but I just now caught it <laughs> right over my head. It was funny. It, it, it's the whole coven thing. That's where she gets the name from. These guys, the guys in her band, are in her coven. So when they yeah. play the music, it's not just music. It's 
music with a K because it's a magical ritualistic thing. Yeah. They're in her coven. They're in her band. She calls them brothers in arms. They're tight. Yeah. And and I know they actually recorded the last album together, but I do know she's touring with some other guys now, but that's. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a, a future thing. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I mentioned earlier that she is, she's got a version of the band together and, and is touring as coven and uh, she's played. They have toured some here in the States, but she's been hitting a lot of the awesome festivals. Metal and, yeah. She's, yeah. She's been hitting a lot of the European festivals and, and is apparently getting a, a really good response from the crowd. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Jinx coven's 2013 release. I mean, it has some other players in there too, but it includes original members, Jinx, Steve Ross, Oz Osborne, and, and Rick Durrett. So nice. So she must have, maybe they couldn't go on tour or something. So she still wanted to go. I, well, if she was the youngest one in the band and she was, that puts pretty much the rest of them in their seventies. And I don't know how much they're really wanting to get out on tour. <laughs> I mean, how many of, how many of the bands that we grew up with that are now in their seventies are calling it a day? <laughs> you know? That's that's true. Yeah, she was born in uh, 1950. Okay. On a Friday the 13th. <laughs> uh, She's born January 13th as a Friday. So, nice. yeah, this coming year she'll be 70. Mm-hmm. And I know she was, when she joined the Him, Her, uh, Him, Her, and Them band, she was 13, and the rest of them were a few years. So, I mean, she turned 70. They're, they, yeah, they'd be older than 70, her. 72 to 78, probably. Yeah. Although, kudos to Jinx because I hope I look that good when I'm 70. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I about freaked out when I realized how old she was because I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yep. I've seen her pictures on Facebook. Those are recent. Yeah. But yeah, it's a kick-ass album. Yeah. Do you, do you have anything else, Jody? Uh, no, no, I'm, I don't. All right. Then we shall let you go because the Twin Terrors, we are our own music brothers in arms <laughs> which i'm not really making fun of we tend to no. get off each other's <laughs> inspiration yeah, I'm, just, so. I'm, 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 I'm laughing at you but not yeah <laughs> oh just i know because I, I laugh at you all the time so. yeah, <laughs> with me at me as i'm choking with the pretzel on the floor <laughs> bastards work on the floor you, I, yeah. seem to, I seem to remember choking on the pretzel being on the floor seeing you and carl standing over me pointing and laughing that is what's indelibly well, burned in my memory <laughs> in, in my defense i thought you were joking well uh, choking joking in my defense fuck you <laughs> <laughs> by the time i realized you weren't joking you weren't choking anymore so. well let's be honest it, it may have been 50 50 <laughs> I, I think it started with the choke and then I'm like, eh, let's go ahead and ham this up. <laughs> but but y'all sort of laughing before it was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Bastards. You know what's sad is I'm still laughing about it. <laughs> oh, I, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. So does everybody else. On that note, before we start slinging curses at each other and Jody has to do yeah. the Moloco. Oh, wait. Sorry, that's the milk drink from uh, Clockwork Orange. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we will see you all again, and we hope you've enjoyed another wonderful Halloween episode. Yeah. I'm James. Spooky. I'm Jody. <laughs> Stay
Pookie Jody. <laughs> That's your new name. Yeah. <laughs> I've had worse. <laughs> Even from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> he's hexed me. He's cursed me. I'm choking. Fucking pretzel. pretzel. <laughs> oh, fuck all. We'll see y'all later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Oh, and just think of what some of the black metal bands do on stage. <laughs> I was in a meeting and I brought some things in and they were talking about cooking. <laughs> I said, I smell something burning. Smells like Sweden after black metal band went through a church. <laughs> but, but, but nobody got it. Oh, man. Oh, wait, wait, got a burp. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Baphomet's coming back out. Uh. <laughs> Hello. <coughs> oh, that's good, Baphomet. Yeah. <laughs> who's, a, who's a good Baphomet? <laughs> Let's kind of put an emphasis on that's the way she was. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and I like it. Sorry. <sighs> <sighs> oh, <man. laughs> that hurt. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay, do you want to talk about what happened that led up to the second album then, or do you want to just wait, save that for another album? I or think another, another, album. <laughs> another album. Another episode. <laughs> I like that. We're going to start calling these albums. And <laughs> <laughs> our well, next album. <laughs> Hey, if you'd watch the DVDs I gave you. <laughs> I know. I was wondering if we were going to bring that up or not. I'm like, he's going to, right? He's going to. He hasn't yet. There it is. <laughs> You're going somewhere with this, and I have no clue. <laughs> no, no. I, I just gonna oh, okay. ask you, I'm going to say, do you have anything else? And then probably do some cheesy. And on behalf of the two of us, who are our own brothers in arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, I don't have anything else to add. <laughs>